Why do we truly, truly believe that the church must be awakened? Why is it that is for, from different directions, God is speaking to us about revival? The church needs freedom. The church needs healing. The church needs to be set completely free. Today, evangelist Miguel Escobar joins us to discuss the signs and wonders that follow from being the church. I will tell you something about my journey, journey with Christ. Expansion, growth, today assisted in the spirit mentioned one thing, signs and wonders and miracles. You see, uh, I, I had a very different conception of the church. I went to church at relatively Southside at a late Christian age. Fellowship is a place where you are loved, I did not accepted, begin and my received. Journey a place of fast. healing, a place of prayer, when I was about eight, a place 12 of to hope. Eight. Today, Please join us every Sunday morning for service times, locations, and other information about the church. From being Visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, to that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless the and keep you. To come may and he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Church. The Lord lift up his so countenance I upon you and give you peace. definitely was impressed by my first experience. I mentioned maybe once, I'll do it again, but my first experience was a very live body, shouting, Running, throwing shoes between one to another. <laughs> it was an incredible wilderness. And so that was my first service. And I began to meditate. I said, God, is this how all churches will look like? And it got me a little frightened. But on the other side, he got me interested. Because I could sing and nobody knew that I was singing. You see, I don't have a voice to sing like Brother Farrell and others. But I can sing when nobody knows what I'm singing. Because in a Pentecostal movement, nobody knows what's going on. It looked like we know, but we don't know. So that came upon me. And, and lately, what really has struck me is the fact that God continuously speaks to us. And he wants to produce a very special body called his church. He is interested in modeling you, remodeling you, changing, adjusting, making you and me and all together look very different. We are not to look like we are. If we look into a mirror, oh my God, I don't like the way I look. And many times I think, gee, I look good. <laughs> but when I look very closely, that goodness disappears. So I, keep in mind, I'm going to share a few things of my life, the 35 plus years full-time ministry. And why do I keep in my spirit saying, let's get ready. God is about to move and unleash a 
kind of a movement that will bring his glory down to all of our churches. He is going to do it. So what is it that we have to improve? That word basically is improvement. And I, I want to read something that I discussed it with my wife the other day. Subject. It's Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy. Who hears the word of the prophecy. And heed the things which are written in it. For the time is near. And then he goes more than once. And he says in chapter 2. Verse 4. But I have. No. And you have perseverance. Perseverance. Ah, perseverance. I told you it had to be Spanish. <laughs> and have endured for my name's sake. And have not grown weary. I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Those, he said, who have ear. Listen to the spirit. Because God is speak to us continuously. And so. For me. I thought that I have to amaze in my memory the whole Bible. That was my beginning. That's what my thought. I'm going to have to keep every word of the Bible in my memory. And I realized that my memory is not good enough. <laughs> what a discovery. I got into that incredible problem. How can I do that? But God gave me a very good way out here. He said, what you have to do is read it. Amen. Just read it. Good. Hear what the word said. Yes. And do what he said. Amen. It does not say amaze information. It does not say make a library on your own mind. Because many like to carry books. So, I believe in many, I hope you, I'm going to look very critical, but it's my honest heart today. I don't believe in extreme kind of a education that allows you to become incredibly wealthy intellectually, but does not see in you someone reproductively working in the kingdom of God. Okay, you, you, you can have all, but at the end of the day, the three words that God clearly stated and, and Paul said it, faith, hope, hope and love. Yeah. And so what I believe today wants to do is to change the church. I believe he's been trying for years to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God, I know he's crotch his head every time he sees me. <laughs> Just to see me, because he won't change us. Because that's the idea. But I came very innocently to the United States of America. I wanted to make my life, but I know God had a plan, had a purpose. Yeah. I, I, because honestly, I could have been in my country and many other places. But God brought me here for something. But here... In the beginning, I could not understand. My wife prayed for me, and I, the history you know. But I entered to a church, and this was my first experience. I go to a church. Of course, in the beginning, it was Hispanic. I go to a church, very excited, 
What I think about the church was it has to be all peaceful. In the church should be no queries. Should be no fights. But I found something differently. I'm in a church. I'm relatively new. I'm trying to understand well, what the body is for. Well, what am I coming here for? And the son of the pastor and the son of one of the elders began to fight <laughs> physically in a church. I mean, I loved it. Because I had just finished my judo practices. And I was much younger than now. I could play judo. I could gather somebody by the neck and enjoy it. So here comes these two guys fighting. And the whole church, about 40 people, erupted into an incredible commotion. So in order to fight good, this two kid goes outside of the church. What happened? The whole church goes outside now. <laughs> now. So I'm thinking about the church. How the church must look like. Now I see a battlefield. I see people fighting. So I'll go outside. I told Irene and Sacha and her son. I said, you stay in the car because this is going to be a serious thing here. I want you to wash it from the inside. Don't wash it from the outside. I got my jacket all. I said, okay, I'm going to practice. <laughs> I'm going to practice some of my judo. Oh, I told the two kids, I said, hey, listen, listen, stop. You can't do that. You're the son of the pastor, and you are the son of an elder, and they were fighting for one girl. Oh. Don't worry, there's more girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just one in the world, please. No, blah, blah, blah. And they start cursing me. Oh, my God, I got upset. So I used my... You do practice. I grab them all and I put them together and I knock both, both head together. Pop! Go both unconscious now. Fight stop. Police officer comes. He said, Anybody speaks English here? The only one that spoke English was me. I said, Me? What happened here, sir? He said, Well, these are church people fighting. <laughs> what? Just people, church people fighting on the street. The police officer looked at me and said, Sir, if I write this report, my commander in my unit will tell me that I'm crazy. Church, church people don't fight on the street. Will you do me a favor? What? Get rid of this kid. Let me go home. <laughs> he left. And he didn't do anything. But the good part is the church now had 300 people. <laughs> in five minutes, I, every person in the neighborhood came to see the fight. So I was really instantaneously very popular. <laughs> I had people coming from all directions because they wanted to see the fight. So I said, well, God, how can that be the church? There's something that we must understand. We must have kind of a... Flexibility. You can't fight. And let me tell you, we get older, fights keep happening in our churches. God does not want that to happen. I've seen it with adults. I've seen it between pastors. I'm speaking constructively, critically, okay? My critics are very constructive because I'm, I'm telling you, in Chile, two of my senior wonderful friends, pastors, they are blood brothers and they don't talk 
each other. They are members of the same organization and only they curse each other. So I said, God, that's not your church. No, this is not. No, I, know. I better come to my conclusion. I have not seen it. So the spirit of the Lord is leading us into transformation. The spirit of the Lord wants your character to be refined. The spirit of the Lord would like you to have a totally different mentality. Because that's why, God, I'm expecting to go to church. I'm expecting to see good things. Let me give you more ideas about what I think we need, the true spirit of God to move among our churches. I am in Miami. We have a tremendous difficult time and then very complicated for me. With a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, somebody opened an opportunity for me to come and speak in South Carolina, Florence, South Carolina. It's a big church. I've never been in a big church, and this is for me a great opportunity. I'm telling you, I was under tremendous testing time. I go with my car, which I think it had three wheels left out of four. Oh, my God, my God. And he broke down halfway. Never made it. But I had one more day. So I remember the very good friend came from Miami and fixed a car and we fixed it. I, do, I did make it to the church. Look what happened. I made it to the church. My car, I'm driving. And as soon as I get into the church, about 2,000 maybe people, they all had brand new automobile. Now, I'm coming with my museum car. This car barely, barely made it. And they start mocking me. Wow. Well, I start laughing to the point, but I did not like it. And so they began to say that. And here came the pastor. He said, ladies and gentlemen, after really they mocking me. I mean, I'm talking about church being a uniform body of Christ. He said, we accept Brother Miguel because he came by the superintendent of the church, endorsed by, highly recommended, but we don't like Spanish here. That was the beginning. That was my cup of tea. And so, and we don't like colored people either. This is USA. Well, I said, okay. So, and I know my brother is ready and he has a message to give, so let's welcome him. <laughs> so I get here, I say, Pastor, Pastor, God changed my message. <laughs> what? What is your message now? The church is full of demons. <laughs> and I said that straight to it. I got the most incredible support. People clap their hands. I said, this is not church. You cannot only have church for one group. You cannot. That is not God. I said, and so the fact that I came with an old automobile, well, why don't you give me one? You all have money and the car. I don't have it. Well, let me tell you, when I finished my message, that was my first most amazing experience. People drove, wrote check, and they came and gave it to me. I wonder why. Probably with the idea, don't come back. <laughs> but on the other side, I said it. When I said, God, that is not the church. Church need to be compassionate. Church need to be led by the Spirit. 
We know we are all different. We are all different. But that doesn't mean that anyone is any better than the other one. Because for God's purpose, we are all equal. God's purpose. So if I go to a church, it's not about many churches that women cannot come to the pulpit. You go to England, England, they are very strict. Women do not take the pulpit. Because that happened tremendously big problem when the uh, Anglican church ordained women. And so I had friends in the Anglican church in high position. They came to me and they said, we must leave the church. We cannot remain any longer with the Anglican church because now women are going to be ordained as ministers. So God needs a lot of changes. And the only one that's going to make it will be a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. we got to have it. Amen. It's not optional. Amen. We look like we, we believe we're doing good. We believe our own lies. Yeah, that's right. It's not truth. And we make it a truth. It's not a truth. This story I'm going to share is going to be very good for Sister Karen. I go to Newark, New Jersey. And I am, this is very impacting. My friend, one of my friends said, Miguel, I'm going to sing. It's a concert, about 5,000 people, and I finish at 10 o'clock. Will you mind I'm drive me back home? I come by and pick you up and take you home. I said, yes, I'll do that, no problem. About 9.30, I arrive. Whoo, the church is packed, it's packed. People singing, people making noise, and they stand for selling the, the music records and tapes. It's all ready. For me, it was okay. Now, church, again, uh, should not, well, God said many times, should not be a place that is distorted for the truth. We have come here to worship God. We have come here to seek the presence of the King. Yeah. I know that there are many other things that comes in church, but I'm not going to stop. But let me tell you. Pastor looked at me and said, where did you come from? Because you have not been introduced. I said, I came to pick up Carlos. Ah, okay. And he looked at me and said, okay, you are going to preach. Wow. I said, sir, you don't know that I am a preacher. He said, I know you're a preacher. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and by the way, I don't have a Bible with me. Oh, he said, I'll let you have mine. I'm really very upset. I'm not going to speak. You see, we are in a mindset, humanly speaking, if the pastor tells me I'm going to preach Sunday, I'll be ready. If he doesn't tell me I'm not ready, I want you to have your gun loaded. Every day of your life. You got to have a message ready because you never know when that message will be used. If God wants you to use it now, now, if not next week, but you got to be ready. Don't come to me like many pastors said, no, no, I cannot preach unless you give me one month notice in advance. I know that. That's not church. The dependability on the Holy Spirit is fresh. Fresh manna. Open your mouth and he will feel it. That's it. So here I am excited about this idea. And I said, Pastor, well, okay, okay, I'll do it. But, and he looked at me and said, don't you worry. Five minutes preaching and we go home. <laughs> I said, well, that's, that's a good thing then. And then he even gave me a better idea. He said, read only Psalm 91. So now I'm looking church, okay? So I look up. I said, Psalm 91. He said, read five verses and we go home. Well, he made it easy for me. I said, that's okay. 
So I open the Bible, Pastor Bible, and I read five verses, and that was the beginning of an incredible experience. In those five verses, God showed up. You see, we are all trying to tell God how to do things in our churches. We all trying to manipulate God. Churches do not understand that they are not their own. They belong to Jesus. They belong to you. Your kid might look like he's independent with five years old, but it's your baby. As many times a baby might say, Daddy, I'm going to move because I don't like this house and it's only seven years old. It's not going to work. So here, when I finish, I had about 2,000 demons manifested. They stood up and it was a Dantesque figure. Their bodies contortioning, moving one way or another, and they all like horror movies. Now, this is the church. This is the place they've been singing for five hours. They've been talking technically about God. And then I come, I read five verses, and it's all washed out. And so when they stood up, and the, the, the scenario was so grotesque, I got frightened. For one second, demons manifested in many, many, many occasions. So the Lord came upon me. And he gave me the authority that we needed. And I felt very good in one second after the other one. And I said, okay, all you demons, I'm speaking to you. You're going to sit down because I'm going to finish my preaching now. I want you to know who Jesus is, okay? And I took authority. And the pastor that is behind me, look at what he said. He is standing and he sat down too. I said, pastor, you don't sit down. He said, Miguel, I do have a demon too. Wow. Wow. Now, this reminds me something. One of the largest gatherings today day happens in India when we call about seminars or conferences. 85,000 Methodists, traditional Methodists, which in India they are not any longer traditional, come together <laughs> to the annual conference. The head, the head of this organization, this is what he said. I have written, I have preached, I have spoken about the Holy Spirit many times, but I never had a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And now, he said, I will not live without it, and if I don't have it, God better take me home. When God hit him in the conference, in the very beginning, he was bare feet. And outside, the story came that it was snowing up in the mountain. And he walked into that snow excited. I could not bear my body. I could not understand it. But I realized that I talk, I say, I share it. But I had no idea who was and is the Holy Spirit. And now he is in my life. 85,000 Methodists have one say. They will turn India upside down. Amen. Wow. Are we talking about God doing something? We're talking about a church phase that has to be changed. So what did I do that day in Newark? 
The pastor came to me and he said, Pastor Miguel, have you ever seen anything like that before? I said, no, pastor. I never had. He said, because I don't either, and I don't know what to do. The local pastor tells me. I said, don't worry, because I have no idea either. <laughs> I don't know what we're about to do. But I did not ask. People begin to make lines. Everyone told me, because they wanted me to pray for them. Yeah. I pray for everyone. And what I found out, just something that I keep in my memory... One person came to me, and that demonic spirit spoke quickly. He said, I am making feel that he's a homosexual, but he's not. Another one came to me, and he said, I had implanted a fake cancer concept. He does not have cancer. Now, I know that the person cannot say that because it is the spirit that is controlling them and God, because God had basically uh, detained them, he had to tell me. I could not understand it. Everybody got set free. Wow. Probably six, seven hours preaching with rain hands. I couldn't, it was two, three or four o'clock in the morning when I finished. And you know what? No music tape was sold. Not even one. So all these five music team wanted me dead. My friend Carlos, he had about 200 tapes. He thought he was going to make money. Nobody, nobody make money. Wow. <laughs> And Carlo was unhappy with me. I said, but listen, I am happy because I had no idea that God was going to teach me. He was going to give me a direct experience. The church needs freedom. The church needs healing. The church needs to be set completely free. You see, we, we are... We, we, don't, we don't understand that, that we come to church. It is the most amazing hospital in the world. If I do recognize that I need help, if I don't say it, it will never happen. So all of these, in my mind, I said, okay, God, what about salvation? Because that kept me thinking, healing, deliverance, okay. What about salvation? I remember that in the story that I have seen and the things that I have been able to read, it's amazing what God is doing. Nepal, in 1960, there was zero Christian. Nepal is up in the mountain. It's a small country. Buddha, 100%. 60 to now 2018, half a million registered Christian exist. Half a million. And he said that this country is subdivided in 75 districts. I guess a small size of a state or communities. And in every district, there is one Christian church now. God is moving. God is moving. But again, the people where, the country where more people are saved is Africa as a continent and India. Africa has 20,000 souls saved daily. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They say that 50% of Africa had been converted. Amen. How do you like that? Yeah. 
God is on the move. So I don't care what I see, how imperfect we are, and how limiting myself I can be. God is on the move. And he is going to bring glory to McDonald's. He's going to bring glory to United States. We are going to see something we have never seen before. China lead us. Because China, as one nation, who, by the way, China had 300 different languages inside of China. So you can imagine here in America, 50 states and every state with a different language. It would be nice, eh? Woo! 300 languages. They said there's 25,000 people daily saved in China. 25. And you have restriction. Yet God is moving. God is moving in America. I hear good news overseas. But I know in America, my heart is to see an explosion in this country. Like, I guess again, I have not seen it. Hallelujah. They said that Indonesia, a country that we have been so many times. In 1960, there was only one million members. Today... They say that it's over 20 million registered members because many are strong enough to make it public, others don't. So the country of Indonesia had more people saved than all the inhabitants of Chile. Wow. Wow. And it's growing. And it's manifesting his glory. So we're going to have to believe. I want God to release boldness and I want you to take it. The time has come, my friend. We're going to have to begin to be reproductive. Yes. We have to begin to do something. Now, we're equipping is one, and then reproducing is other thing. We have to, like the word that I guess we can use is clone ourselves. You have to make other ones to do the same work you have done. Yeah, we have to. That's how the church is going to grow. Yeah. And that's how God is going to come and, and make us totally different. We, we have so many cases of people saying, who can pray for this particular person? And at the end of the day, it's just that person who says, who can pray? Uh, no, in, in this present world, we have so many interesting things. For me, it had been a total big, again, finding. In the, in the Asian world, I had found many people expert on martial arts. They, they live on that. They, they like martial art. I don't. I just played that game, but it was just for ex- exercises and to fight in the church. <laughs> That's all I learned, judo. <laughs> Other than that, no big deal. But I'm in the church service. And you have to understand that we are the enemies of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Satan is upset with us. Yeah. Because we come to church... He's going to try to damage our relationship. He's going to try to take our funding away from us, the financials. He's going to try to get me upset with the church. He said, I don't want to go to church again. I'm preaching. I'm preaching in the church. And it's an open space uh, by, what, maybe 500 people. And it's open door so people can come. And whatever I'm saying, I don't, of course, remember. Here comes somebody crossing. And in a second comes so furiously against me, and he shouted very openly, and he said, you are a false prophet. Not only that, and he was not in the, in the group, not only that, he started doing all this trick with martial arts, he's going to hit me. But he doesn't know that beside me, I had like five martial art experts. 
And these are Christian. This is not Christian. So I can say, okay, Satan, let's fight. I'm not fighting. They're going to fight for me. So here is this what happened. Church, you got to be ready. The enemy will come so boldly against us. And you got to be clearly understand that we have given authority by God. That's what the Spirit said. God, I released my authority over my church. He come to me and he started to do all these things and he started to hit me. And these two, three people that I have with me, he said, Pastor Miguel, if he touch you, we'll kill him. I said, no, no, no. We can't do that. Inside of me, I was saying, yes, 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 kill him, kill him, kill him. Kill him. I mean, it got me really nervous. He caught my teaching. He, he was not supposed to be there. So this is what I said. I never done it before, probably. If I did, I won't remember. I said, in the name of Jesus, by the authority that God has given me, I froze you up. You cannot move. Wow. Hallelujah. He became an ice cream. <laughs> he could not move like that for about 10 minutes. No, no hands, no move, nothing. So I told the church, I said, listen, listen. God had gave me an amazing lesson in my church. In the church of the living God, we have his amazing authority delegated to each and one of us. We have power to stop the works of evil. We have power to rebuke sickness. We have power to rebuke poverty and shame. We have power. It's a spiritual attack that manifests through physical bodies, but it's spiritual. And about 10 minutes later, the only thing is that we start laughing. I began to laugh because it was so good to see he could not move. Could not move. Hallelujah. I don't need him dead. I want to just keep looking at him. <laughs> he looks so good. Finally, when this just kid, I told him, I said, don't touch him. Don't do nothing. Let's use the word. I said, Father God, release him. Give it back to me. And he woke up again. He said, sir, what happened? Oh, I said, you came with bad intention. What? Yes, now explain him. He woke up. The enemy had controlled his mind. He did not know what he was doing. Satan is upset when we preach the gospel. It doesn't matter. So churches, yeah, we can be attacked, but God is over and above of anything. He bowed his knees and he said, can I accept Jesus? A Buddha man accepted Jesus before anybody invited him to accept Jesus. So God has given us the opportunity. You and I, we carry the idea of a church. What is a church? It is a place where God released his gift in my life. It's a place where God developed in me a new self. Church is a place where I can come and understand the treasures that God had hidden for the world, but had given it to me to understand that I can live exceedingly abundantly, that I can have a joyful life, that I can defeat my enemies, that I can be certain that Satan has no power over my life. No power over my life. God gave me that understanding. Next day, these men came back with his wife. Same thing. We had, in that particular case, we were doing eight hours a day seminar or teaching for about a week. It was eight hours daily. He came back next day. He said, this is my wife, and she wants to take Jesus too. 
And we begin to realize and say, okay, God, so it's not about me pushing. It's not about anything other than demonstrating that we have power. When we people see that we carry power, anointing, and glory, the people will come and they will accept Jesus better than anybody else. This has been my life. Church, how, how can it be? So when I close my eyes, honestly, and I know that I'm not going to see it, but I'm in looking for a good-looking church. I'm looking for an effective church. I'm looking for a church where God moves freely. I'm looking for a church where people come and worship God and that we are one. We are one. We are one. That I can hold you up and you can hold me back. And then you know that I'm not perfect. Let me just give you the most amazing experience. I'm going into a revival in this beautiful place far from civilization. And it was complicated. But in front of me, there's a man. They come with his tummy this big, and he lift, lift his pan, and he had gangrene. So he said, he speaks Indonesian, I don't. And so I, basically we told him, sit down, let me finish, and then we pray. But what I am preaching my, and sharing my message, well, about 200 people, maybe 100, I don't remember. When I'm sharing my message, God tells me, stop preaching, go and tell him you love him, and give him a kiss. Oh. I said, God, are you sure? <laughs> you see God wants the church to be aggressive church wants us to get out of the comfort zone you know that you invented that expression it's all American God wants us to do things differently church needs to be a place where we are going to say yes God what do you want me to do and I'm going to do it so I came out of my place. I grabbed him, and amazing is thinking. Poor man. And I had no choice. Gotcha, give him a kiss. In my beautiful Spanish, I said, Jesus, love you. It wouldn't be no different in English. He had no idea what I was saying. And so he sat down. I said, God, that's enough, okay? <laughs> don't, don't ask me again. God, she was really bad order, man. Second part of my message, he come back again and said, you got to do it again. Oh, God, come on. Don't you know there's more people here? Why don't you call the pastor? <laughs> you go, you tell him you love him. See, God wants to change what I call our turverness. Yeah. We, we don't want to change. We, church people are so accustomed to one thing, and from that, nobody moved me. If God wants to do something differently, no, no, no. And so I came back, I hugged him again, gave him another kiss, I said, okay, God, two, no more, okay? He gave it to me for a third time. God, but it was so clear, it was so clear. Go and do it again. And we you know what? God speaks English, Spanish, Indonesian, he speaks everything. <laughs> So I could not tell him I don't speak English. He went back to me in Spanish. When I finished, soon as I finished, this is what really amazing. Me, excited, I finished. Okay, God, don't do that again. The man gets up and starts running. Now, he had gangrene. And so I called my interpreter and said, hey, come on, tell me what's going on here. Well, let me tell you what happened. He just claimed, while you did all of what you did, God healed his gangrene. And he took off his pen. There was no gangrene. Totally new flesh. I said, God, you could use another method. 
You said very clearly, send my word. But you did not send your word. You sent me. <laughs> and then, while we are looking, this is what I want you to rise in your level of expectation. The tummy began to deflate. Wow. He had cancer. And while we are looking, the body began to come to normal. He got his leg, and he started shouting and shouting and shouting. Nobody ever asked for the preaching anymore. It was not about me. It was about Jesus. It was such an incredible word. That's what the church must be. Don't look people for the external appearance. Don't worry because maybe it does not smell good. Maybe it could not buy colon. Whatever. Just love them. We got to love them. And when we do that, churches will be packed and packed and packed. We have no place to put people. And so, oh my God. And he kept me thinking. After one o'clock in the morning, one of the businessmen from that little town came to me. He said, I'm going to take you to my home, please. And he took me. Well, he treated me like a king. But this is what he said. Pastor Miguel, I can build you a house. Would you mind to stay here? You see, that happened to me more than once with my wife. It happened more than once, but I said, listen, what you really need is to keep focusing on holding as hard as you can with the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm going to be for a short time, and I'm not perfect, even though I look like. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) But I'm telling you, what God said, listen to what the Spirit said. So you're going to read it and then rest. Read the word and rest. If you have the ability to memorize it, glory to God. But it's not the assignment. The assignment is read it and rest and let God talk to you. Because when God began to talk to you, the world began to grow and grow and grow with no limits. And what really I believe the season is coming, and I will let you know at a given time, I think the church will be explosively invading our cities. I got that in my spirit. I don't, I don't, we, we've been for too long, for too long, church people claiming, proclaiming, this is God. But I think God wants the church to be an agent on the outside. God wants that people to be healed on the outside. I believe honestly, sincerely. I just had an interesting testimony. A kid lost his eyeball in an accident. They pray God gave it a new one. Right there. I mean, what is that is difficult for God? Nothing. The problem is that I have not probably listened carefully to what God says. You know that many times we read a verse and then read it again. And the next time it means something different or bigger or stronger. Because God speaks volumes even with one word. So when I see the church, I said, okay, God, what really bothered me? Pastors around the world completely decommissioned, exhausted, out of work. I have just begun my ministry. I'm in Australia. I had the privilege to be at a beautiful conference. And so pastor in charge said, Miguel, I want you to do ministry for these 60 pastors here. I said, 60 pastors, okay. But what happened? They had them all in one room, and they were all, 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 big letter, defeated. No churches anymore. Depressed, out of work. I said, how can that be? God did not call you and me to be strong for one day. He said he would renew the strength like an eagle daily. 
He's going to give you strength daily. He's not about coming to you today and next week he's going to Africa. He's not going to be in America. He is not that kind of God. And so I spoke with them because they did what they did in their own strength. You cannot serve God with your own strength, with your own mind, with your own understanding. It's not going to produce. It's not going to be good. You cannot last if you don't trust the Holy Spirit. And that's why we will continuously say, yes, many are very upset. Like this pastor in India have said, I spoke about the Holy Spirit. I shared about the Holy Spirit. But I never had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is all in my life. We can talk. We can look Christians. We can come to church, but we can keep fighting. My character has not been changed. My personality. But, but sometimes we like to listen. Yeah. What? Beautiful messages because they are incredible doctors of the law. They're people with they're such a great gift. And when they teach, we love to listen. But that's not about only listening. It's about to hearing what God wants to say in my own spirit. God's going to release his glory. We, I have a friend in town. God really, I mean, I love this man. man. I know that my friend will know probably who he is. He goes from one conference to another seminar, to another seminar, to another seminar. Now he's going for a six-month seminar to Pennsylvania. I said, well, wait, wait a minute. If you are going to grow, you got to eat and stop eating. If your muscle wants to grow, you do exercise and then you rest. Because if you do exercise 30 days in a month, you're going to get sick. You're not going to make it. you got to rest. They have to assimilate. So here I'm going church and say, okay, God, it should be a place, number one, where I have freedom to share God in my life. When I can tell God I love him. When I know God loves me. When I know there is no limitation that God can do anything. You see, I have been in this church in South Africa. Pastor look at me and say, same thing, Pastor Miguel. Uh, I hope you feel free. I say, well, that, that's how I really enjoy it. What I'm trying to preach, I'm trying to preach. There's one man, this one man who was a pay killer. And he had about 19 people killed. Became a millionaire killing people. But one day, the word that I'm going to use is interesting. He got apprehended by the Holy Spirit. And when God caught him, he surrendered and he came to me. He said, Pastor Miguel, recently God changed my life. But I can't get ready in my mind. Talking about inner healing. I can't get ready. I kill people because I was a sniper. I was a shooter in the armed forces. And I could do great things and I make money with it. I travel around the world. Imagine Satan has an incredible work. Yet we must understand that's not by any means any greater than what God is doing. I don't care what they do. And so he looked at me and said, would God forgive me? I said, listen, that was settled in the cross. I said, I mean, there's nothing to it. God is the God of forgiveness. He said, but God will forgive me. Okay. So while he is in the service, in the back seat, he shout out to God and he started running. I said, well, I have not finished. That's okay. It doesn't bother me. He kept doing it. But when he came forward, God changed all his amalgamated feeling into gold. So he had about 10 pieces of gold in his mouth. He had no tooth. He recreated. God recreated one tooth. Wow. So he came to me and said, look, Pastor Miguel, 
Oh, I said, God, what are you doing? I said, let me tell you what I think God is doing. He's telling you not only he forgave you, he's giving you his inheritance. He wants you to understand that your past is finished. It's over. You, you cannot live in the past. We cannot live in the past. We keep going back to the past. We, we come to church and God, God forgive me. But no, no. God settled it and that's it. It's over and finished. There's nothing left over. God wants to give you a new life. And a life that it will be demonstrated. So because it was so hard-headed, God had to do something very spectacular on his life. That day, I guarantee, this man was all day shouting in the church. He couldn't stop. I said, God, that's great. So for me, what is church? Oh, hallelujah. A place where I'm going to witness the glory of the king. A place where I'm going to enjoy seeing my God doing great things. Even I am expecting the dead being raised. It is a story of my dear friend. His first message, he was speaking about resurrection. And somebody brought him a dead person. I was not in his plan. He said, I'm speaking about resurrection. Somebody brought a dead person. And this is what God said. You asked me to speak on resurrection, now I make it very practical. You said, yes, God, but that's not it. I never had resurrected any dead person. And by the way, the husband of the lady there told me that if she does not resurrect, he's going to kill me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's when faith began to work. Hope come real. And so he had no choice. You like, you, people ask me, Miguel, how is your faith? I said, oh, oh, how did you develop your faith? That's the best way I'm going to tell you, by force. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come with any other thing to hear in the word of God. No, no. By force, when you have no choice, when you got a pistol right in your neck, and you have nothing else to do, God, I need help. Amen. And you know what? Faith works. Yeah. Something happened. But when you have not a pistol on your neck, well, maybe. No, no, that's not maybe. And God resurrected the lady. Amen. The only problem is that the service lasted 10 days. Wow. Oh, come on, Miguel, don't be exaggerated. Yes, and the point is that 3,000 people in the village, they all accepted Jesus. One miracle. And we're talking about here, sometimes people are sending the spirit. That's not of God. I had a a Russian believer. He said, Rather Miguel, let me tell you the truth. If it's from God, it must fall sideways. <laughs> I said, let me do something. What? Don't move. I'll push you. <laughs> and I guarantee I'm going to throw you down. No, you cannot do that. Well, forget it, man. You can't tell God about it. I go to a church, big, big, big church, with a tremendous amount of unbelief. We got to break that. Yeah. So God to me, Lord, keep speaking to me. Keep talking to me. Keep sharing to me, Father God. How shall I be part of the local church that I can make it look better? How can I be part of the church? Not to complain. Not to tell Pastor that the church is no good. Not to tell Pastor that the message he spoke was no good. I remember this. In my very beginning, I preached my message full of love. And one of the members used to come to me and say, Pastor Miguel, too much love. Be hard. Okay. I'm a baby. Next Sunday, I send everybody to hell. <laughs> and then the person came to me and said, no, Pastor Miguel, that's too hard. Well, you told me that wasn't happy. What else? 
how can I make it? How can I make you happy? And God said to me, you don't make happy nobody. You speak my word. You speak my truth. You tell them about Jesus. I said, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But we are not here sugarcoating anything. I'm not going to come to church to make people feel good. I'm in a big conference, church again. And pastor looked at me and said, Miguel, you got only eight minutes. And please don't talk about the Holy Spirit. But 15,000 people. And I said, why, my friend? He said, because all of the people that are sitting in the front row, they are big givers. And they don't want the Holy Spirit. But they gave me a lot of money. I said, okay, my friend. I'm not going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I will do that. But it really grieved me. I mean, it put me really down. So this is what I said. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't answer anything else. And the Holy Spirit showed up. <laughs> people laughing. People falling off their chairs. People running. And this guy came to me. and said, Miguel, what you have done? Nothing. Nothing. But let me tell you. You cannot. Church, we cannot control the works of the Holy Spirit. We cannot tell God, stay outside while I do church. No, no, no. God owns this place. God owns your life. Let's get excited about a beautiful body. And you're going to witness it. God's going to give you the opportunity to see his glory. I believe with all my heart, the signs and wonders will be part of your life. Get stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I got excited. Oh, my God. It's okay if we fight for the Holy Spirit glory. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. In my life, I've seen it. And I'm not by any means deterred, by any means like pushed down. I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited. I know we are not perfect, but we are excited. You just be careful. Build yourself into the image of Christ. I believe sincerely we're going to fight for it, and we're going to get it. Southside Christian Fellowship is a place where you are loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.